At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Welcome to Oral Hygiene. This is the podcast where we look at educational films, experimental avant-garde films, and weird documentaries. This is Matt, and hello, Andrew Shearer. Hello, Matt Commages. Yeah. No, I never say my last name in here. I, I did put it in. I started... At first, I was like, should I put Matt and then put the full name of whoever I'm talking to? And I was like, I, I got to put my full name in the description, at least. You do. It's the only responsible way to handle it. Yeah. But um, you're, you're back for the second round of recording here. And um, your request was, was juvenile delinquency. Yeah. We, we've got right in the title here. What about juvenile delinquency? Um, yeah. Of course, there's some, you know, corkers in the 50s, some um quote unquote feature length ones being like 50 or 60 minutes but uh which sure. we'll get to th this one's just like a squib this is a this is like a 12 minute thing uh what about yeah. juvenile delinquency what but, about juvenile delinquency well you're gonna find out what about it um <laughs> this is the first uh centron film we've done uh centron i believe is that lawrence kansas um consortium of midwest uh educational filmmaking yeah the the plus side is uh we eventually get to do carnival of souls on this podcast because i believe that was uh it was, it was the guy that directed most of the centron film so Kurt <laughs> carvey yeah, yeah. He, he made uh he made carnival of souls in about three weeks in between making uh stuff for centron and uh he, he made uh your shake hands with danger also yes, one, he of did. The, one of the ones you showed me and so uh yeah uh but you know, Centron though, this one, but... yeah, he he made uh, well. It was kind of like he did. It's I mean, Carnival of Souls was the only feature they made, so he like you know he did uh, he did these, and this was fifty five. Carnival was sixty two. Um, Maybe it was those there. Who seen it, it it was the inspiration. Carnival of Souls basically the inspiration for Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it's a pretty important movie, but it was the only feature he made. Then he went right back to doing his Centron stuff. Yeah. But he's still one of my favorite directors, uh, which is probably why I'm doing this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Centron, they're always good, you know, because they they weren't like Cornet, which you know they had to crank out like you know five movies a year or whatever, or five a month. I don't know what what was going on over there with, but Centron didn't have to do that because they also had like really high paying um, in industrial gigs and promotional gigs. So um, as a result, I mean, they, they had their own studio. It was really nice. Um, Houses are cheaper in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. No, they had it. That's why um, I really like uh, What About Juvenile Delinquency, don't you? I mean, it's oh. a great movie, I think. Yeah, it's like it's a, like a John Waters in miniature. And it's a brisk, like, not even 12 minutes. I mean, it just moves. It's great. Well, can you hit us with the uh, four or five sentence uh, TV Guide style plot synopsis here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is 55 Herc Harvey. Um, it's a movie about a kid who runs with a gang, a local gang of toughs and the local gang of toughs 
uh, on their way to pick him up, they uh, do a little fender bender with this bald rube that they then, then uh, I guess uh, they rough him up, let's just say. And it turns out that that's uh, the father of someone in the gang. Da-da-dung. So all of a sudden it's, what are we going to do about you? Ju- what are you going to do about juvenile delinquency? Yeah, we're doing what this film wants. It wants us to have a discussion about it after watching it. Mm-hmm, it <laughs> does. I mean, don't succumb to the film. For. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one actually is directed by Herc Harvey. Then I, I think maybe mm-hmm. I like glazed over for the. Uh, yeah, I thought this was before he started, but uh, I, I'm my time. Like you said, I thought I thought Carnival of Souls was like '68 or something. So it actually does. No, no, it was '62. Yeah, yeah, he, he was making these and then. Took a couple of weeks and made that and made history and then right back into these. But yeah, these are definitely the, the ruffians that you would find in John Waters' Crybaby. Not quite as hardcore as the ruffians you'd find in the 70s films, but no, but still, <laughs> I mean, it's it's that kind of clunky time where what year was the wild one? Was it 58? Was, it, was that 55 also? I want to say it's 55, yeah. But... Yeah, you you weren't seeing like you were you were not yet seeing like juvenile delinquents like very violent people it was still sort of the hollywoodized version of them so the they gang have nice in this jackets movie, yeah they did of course their insignia clearly their grandmas all made it because <laughs> it's just like sort of this little crafty you know pipe cleaner thing glued to felt that's then sewn very poorly with white thread no use black <laughs> to, I, I just uh, looked up your uh, wild one date. Uh, 53 for the wild one okay cool so this it explains why they're sort of handling this situation the way that they did because uh the wild one is the classic obviously with brando and um you know it's a movie where the the, the youth are shown a little bit wilder you know you got lee marvin is one of them for example <laughs> but uh yeah they're um yeah, the kids are like speeding around in their car. You know, they rear end an old guy and he comes out. And I just, it, the, the writing in this is great. And um, I can't remember what other company it was, but um, Centron also was right near a college. So like this built in place for their, for their acting pool. You know, I thought the performances in this were good. It's hard to make, fun, it's so well made. It's actually hard to make fun of what about juvenile delinquency, wouldn't you say? Yeah, sometimes, you know, that's the, well, that's the Centron thing. The Centron films are usually quite well made. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, some of the, is it Pretton, Pretton, Pretton's Hall or whatever? The, the tech Prentice, maker. yeah. Prentice, I never knew how to say that. Anyway, theirs tend to be relatively more top shelf. And, um, you know, in our, our last time chatting, we, we just did like a Disney educational film that kind of went off the rails. But Disney <laughs> did on, on, you know, less um less not controversial and anyway they 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 did better with different topic material like you know bombing the shit out of other countries they could do that well oh, sure because <laughs> yeah. mickey mouse mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what mickey mouse does it is <laughs> but uh let's see i got i got a few notes here um oh yeah i just have that yeah, yeah fucking bald ass dads get in the way of jamie's gangsta flash patch was oh yeah was his name jay you know what i liked um flash mob yeah the dad was great you he gives his mom a bit of an attitude i mean they established jamie pretty well because he's 
he's going to go out with his friends. He's going to go out and wait for him or whatever. And his mom's like, oh, Jamie, where are you going? I don't know. Jamie does what the fuck he wants. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, why are you doing what the fuck you want? Make sure you bring a jacket. It's chilly out. <laughs> fuck you, mom. Goodbye, dear. I mean, maybe maybe dad, you know, needed to get get bonked in the head a few times. He seemed to have no idea that his son was a monster because, um, you know, it, what does it take for his dad to kind of put it together that his son's in this gang? And the way he plays it is pretty cool. I like this movie. I like the way they did it. I mean, it's it works great as a short film because you got uh, he meets up with his buddies after they have whipped his dad's ass, which they don't show. They just show them crowding around him, but you don't need to. Because later you see that the dad's been beaten. He's got this gash in his head. Um, they meet up at the at the soda the ice shop. cream. Oh, yeah. I put thug life at the ice cream joint. <laughs> Whatever it is. But, he, you know, one one of the, the gang leaders like, hey, Jamie, check out this pen I got. I got it off this guy who looks just like your dad and drives your dad's car. And then he's like, he doesn't tell him that was my dad, but he gets really pissed and starts asking a lot of questions like, what? Was there was there an Oak Ridge Boys tape in the deck? Was there was there a crumpled lunch bag that said Jamie on it in the back? You know, he starts just asking him like all these was things. Was he huffing glue out of it? That's right. Was my mom in the back seat? Was my mom in the front seat? Was my mom's sister in the front and my mom in the back? My mom used to ask those sort of questions to people. She did. That's true. She'd like I, I I think she once gave me shit for like not knowing like what kind of shampoo one of my friends used. I'm like, well, why the fuck would I know that? Mm. You know, it was different times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love yeah, I love the way that they set up all these situations. And then of course Jamie comes home and sees his dad with his ass whooped. And uh, you know, he's in his jacket, but not once does his dad go, Hey, that jacket you wear is the same jacket these punks wear that that thing that grandma sewed to your jacket that she made out of garbage looks exactly like the things that these guys jackets are made out of garbage (laughs) you wouldn't know anything about them would you there's no connection here is there he was just he was uh, there's that voice crack he was just being uh initiated though wasn't he i don't know yeah i I I had the impression he was he, he was getting his grand entry to being like a uh, a real thug, you know? Yeah, that, that must be why he turned tail so quickly. I'm not going to be in your game. Yeah, he tears off the patch, throws it at him. Like, what's he so sore about? Yeah, Let it seemed, him go. Yeah, it seemed, you know, he's like, you know, you don't join any club that would have you as a member, right? Yeah, exactly. But they set up the story so well. I mean, the editing's great. All the characterization. So, you establish everything so quick. I mean, they were, yeah, it's a great movie. Are you fa- are you familiar familiar with the um the bad boy youth culture of Japan? Sorta. Of. What okay. what is it like now? Yeah, yeah. Um okay. although there's a film but it's probably about 15 20 years old now, but um the English title is Kamikaze Girls, I think. Yeah, I've seen that. That 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 would be a pretty good um just a, a totally weird look, but yeah, they're called the Bossazoku, right? It's like yeah. they're they're too young to be in the yakuza, and some of the things is, um, do you ask if they're around now? Yes, they are, because when it gets warm, you start hearing like these, um, not they're like scooters, they're not quite motorcycles, but you you know they just 
rip ass on the engines all around town and there's like a cop like at like 30 miles an hour <laughs> there's like a cop car following them at like 30 miles an hour because i was in an apartment a few years ago and they were just like for like two hours you would just hear the engine circling just driving around town slowly with a cop car following them and um the the back seats really high and their jackets um, are filled with kanji and, and the kanji doesn't make sense. It's like they're trying to make words based just on the sound, but not the actual meaning of the kanji. So, so if you, if you do know Japanese, like what's on their jackets, it's like completely ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's genius, man. They sound awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, they're, they seem about as threatening as a uh, Jamie's gang here in general. Yeah, I, oh. I'm, I don't imagine that they beat people up too often. This is just a, you know, they're all just like riled up on, you know, pent up sexual frustration and, uh, you know, they got to take it out on somebody. So I want to take a ride, old man. We'll Only chickens fucking... don't be bump into the back of cars, man. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, ripped from the headlines, this one. But um, what I thought was really interesting about, um, what about juvenile delinquency is that uh, what happens at school afterward, because, you know, he goes to school the next day, Jamie, and he's kind of caught between uh, two different uh, classes of, of students. You've got the, his buddies that were in the gang that don't immediately beat the shit out of him for some reason. Uh, they still kind of consider him part of, even though he clearly resigned the night before. Uh, but the, 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 uh, the goody goodies come in and say, Hey, they're issuing this curfew because of delinquency. No teenagers can, you know, be out late at night. And no, you know, the, the basic message is they're punishing the whole class. And then they're like, they're going to lower the driving age. I don't think you can do that with a uh, local statute. I don't know. I, I think the point was that, you know, young people seeing it would just be like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, and, that and was the whole idea well, they take it up to the and... next level then, right? Where they have the, the town hall meeting. You know, Mayor yeah, that was tough as shit, man. It was such a great scene. You this room full of old dudes. Harumph, harumph. And then the teacher has invited these students. They don't just bust it up. The teacher has actually encouraged this, his students, uh, not the gang. The gang doesn't show up. At least I didn't see them there. They said they weren't going to go, so I guess they didn't show up. But Jamie does because his dad is the one uh, who gotten who got beat up by the gang and so you know he's like their star witness yeah and so uh you know the teacher's like no no the kids got the right to speak we want to be free to ride i think Our everyone machine. is right <laughs> <laughs> the prince i think that was actually under the, the principal yeah yeah, yeah okay whatever I get, they should i think just... you're getting i think you're getting his voice pretty on target i i noticed this this guy sounds like a wimp <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's the next person that the Flash gang is going to beat the crap out of. I was going to say they should have just all swarmed the, the, the mayor or whatever it was and just just, you know, stomped his ass, too. But, you know, that's the thing they're trying to say. Well, not all teenagers are bad, but it doesn't matter. The teenagers that are bad are going to spoil all this shit for and they're, they're going to cancel the football game. They're going to cancel homecoming. Everyone's going to get canceled. I, I like so, this movie, but I'm going to put on my writer's hat and make it just a little bit better. Uh, okay. Instead of asking us, what about what can you do to prevent juvenile delinquency? Instead, the final scene of the movie kind of turns into like the opening scene of the Wild Angels. <laughs> 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 I, 
they come, they, re- they replace their uh, flash patches with some some Nazi armbands and are just. <laughs> oh God! I can only imagine. Oh man! God, the funeral in that movie. Yeah. Well, it's a town hall meeting for that. <laughs> yeah. And so, so what? So what can you do to prevent juvenile delinquency then? I mean, obviously show them those vd movies that they showed at the end of mom and dad i don't know (laughs) i mean you can't like maybe not have juvenile delinquents be so cool you know were were you delinquents i don't know i was not a delinquent but i certainly um styled myself after the uh the what would it be the bad girl gang in my junior high school uh, they wore fake leather jackets, or maybe some of them were real, with uh, pins all over it of various rude things and uh, heavy metal bands. Uh, they grew their hair out very long on one side. And, uh, and uh, you know, I remember just wanting to look like them as much as I could. So um, I definitely I started doing my hair like they did, grew it out, uh, got the fake leather, got the, the buttons and everything. I mean, I was, I wouldn't have smoked and done all the bad things they did but i certainly thought they looked cool and wanted to model my at least my outward appearance after them see i don't know what i was i'm because if you remember i i showed up to a punk rock show in a boy scout uniform not knowing that the clash's bass player had also done that yeah no you were just naturally cool i mean you were way ahead of all of us i think well, I had actually come directly from summer camp to the show, so there was no that's, time. That's to more punk than any anyone was doing in that whole place. I promise you. That was at summer camp. <laughs> yeah. I that think that's a, that might be the day I got on my first nosebleed too. That would have been back, back at the camp. Um, someone like it might have even been my dad tossed me the cap, which had in the brim. It's like the trucker hat with the hard brim, and it huh. and it. And it, I didn't catch it, and it got me like boom right in the nose. Oh, immediately bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> that's see that's Remember, still though, but that's more punk rock than than punk rock. Yeah, yeah, in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> violence and uniforms and yeah. Right, right, but yeah, yeah, we were. Um, I, I certainly didn't toe the straight edge line, but I think we all we were. We were young thugs that did do that, at least in high school. I think all of us yeah. were. I think clove cigarettes we was were. the worst thing that came through our way at the time. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't commit crime. We were. We we just were. I go. I guess if if conformity was adhering to expected teenage behaviors, we were definitely uh, countering that by um, doing our own thing rather than, uh, you know, becoming part of any sort of clique or or uh, being overly concerned with fitting in, which, you know, I always say that no gym teacher could ever try to make uh, a bunch of kids dress alike, but rock and roll was uh, pretty great at doing it. Yeah. I like, I guess we were still kind of out and about in a way that, uh, especially in, I'm talking pre COVID here, but uh, you know, in Japan, kids just like hang out at home all the time. I don't know. Yeah. My, I don't know my folks were, they were cool with me, whatever I wanted to do, as long as um, the cops weren't bringing me home from it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was when I was like 13. That was a weird thing. When I was 13, 14, I was out to like four in the morning because we were playing shows. And then when I was like in senior year in high school, it's like be home by midnight. It's like, what? <laughs> but I was out to four in the morning when I was like 14. <laughs> 
Yes, different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I guess this is uh, I'm thinking of the films we've done. I guess this is the first one on the podcast that is legitimately like well made. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great one. It's on YouTube. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not some weird bootleg quality. It's excellent. Yeah, no, no. Everything on this podcast is uh, something that at least when we're recording is something you can get on YouTube. So, yeah, right. this is a good one. I have, I have a feeling educational films are not the sort of thing that tend to get ripped off of YouTube anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, not unless you're teaching a class on educational films from the back in the day. Right. <laughs> but, um, did, did you did, did you have any other points you wanted to throw out on this one any more impressions those are fun too i think i interrupted one of your impressions oh i don't know <laughs> who was i being an, doing an impression of i i think i was doing like monologue from one of those peter fonda movies i don't think i was necessarily i did i don't know it, it just the uh the version of the 1950s um that we that is kind of like romanticized and whatever is of course on full display here. Everyone is white. And uh, you have your good kids and your bad kids. And you have the, you know, the adults put in danger. But the main theme is um, don't be a delinquent because your daddy could get hurt. And then they take away your football. I guess that is the difference in the uh, John Waters film or the David Lynch film and the John Waters film where after, you know, that meeting, they're going to go to the back streets jazz club and smoke some reefer you know yeah oh gosh yeah um and then the david lynch film you're gonna run into frank booth that you know i love blue velvet because it counters that squeaky clean image of that you know i remember jello biafra had that song nostalgia for an age that never existed and i think that's absolutely true the 50s weren't this you know time when everything was very innocent and you know I, I love that that exists and that that's exactly what the surface of blue velvet is, right? It's just, mm-hmm. oh, oh, absolutely. You know, under that, I mean, it establishes it right. Not to start talking about a movie that we're not talking about, but right from the beginning with that human ear, I mean, that's all you need to know. It's great. <laughs> I mean, no, for me, that movie, um, sort of like, um, that allows Dune to exist, right? <laughs> Because that was the thing is like he was also offered to return the Jedi and but do the the Lawrences who are known for being tightwads but in this case they said they'd also give him the money for blue velvet so there you go I mean the the example is there I mean it's not hard to imagine that the way that played out Dune's what we can't talk about I have a sci-fi sanctuary there I can talk about that one but a blue velvet yeah this is probably the the time and place to have had a few words there so. Um, <laughs> Uh, speaking of, I, I, I know you have a, a clock running. So um, if you want to hear more about sci-fi movies, uh, head to Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. MLSFS pod at Twitter, Facebook. That time I just stared into the camera weirdly. It wasn't better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to get that one naturally. And, uh, <laughs> um, and where do they get hold of yous? Okay, well, uh, Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. You can watch some of the short films my friends and I have made on uh, YouTube. You can watch some of our movies on uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video uh, at Vimeo On Demand. You can also buy discs from us at gonzorific.com. We're on social media, Gonzorific on Twitter, Gonzorific on Instagram. And uh, 
I guess, yeah, I finally did Juvenile Delinquents in Dr. Humpenstein's Erotic Castle, uh, which you did the, the score for that one. Um, I had a, a girl gang called the Sick Toys. They were the, the uh, roller derby girls, was it? Uh, it was a mix. There were okay. some. Because that, yeah, that, was, that was pre the burlesque crew, right? It was, actually, I, I, which was wild thinking about it now because I had five strippers in Humpenstein before I knew people that took their clothes off on stage. It's like the year it was just a few months before it. And they all saw this and then they all were like, Oh, this is our kind of people. So I mean, you've basically, you've basically made this film a few times, which is, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, different shades of course, but uh... <laughs> happy to do it. Would love to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this almost is a Gonzerific film with what about juvenile delinquency? Just add a little more scum in, you know, again, John Waters style and good yeah, to go. the, the girl gang instead of the boys. Yeah, that would be that would be me. I would love to. <laughs> That's yeah. Then you get Switchblade Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. Yeah, as I was saying, maybe I, as soon as I said, I was like, oh, wait, 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 we have to finish this. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Let me tell you how deep Switchblade Sisters is with me. Speaking of the burlesque troupe, they um, they bought a plaque for the uh, back of the theater seat to sponsor the theater. Um, it was this drive they were having in the, the local indie theater where there's, yeah, these these uh, metal pla- engraved plaques on the back seats. And um, there's a quote from uh, Switchblade Sisters on the one they bought for me. All right. Which quote? Pretty great. What's a quote? Hmm? What's a quote? Uh, Oh, it's like, you know, you got to have some muscle. Everybody's got to be in a gang. Okay, there we go. (laughs) So you got your gang seat in the theater, which Mm -hmm. hopefully they'll let you inhabit at some point in the future. (laughs) I, you know, I could, it it should be devoutly wished that that will occur. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Japan does have open movie theaters. And I I heard someone complaining. It's like on Sundays, like, fuck it day. I think they stopped doing concessions, but someone was like, yeah, they didn't even like bother having like seats. It's like, well, on Sundays, there's, there's no COVID concerns. It's the rest of the week. We'll do that. <laughs> COVID takes a day off. Yeah. I, I, now I, I didn't go. That, that was someone told that to me. So I, I don't, again, they haven't been releasing any movies, so there hasn't been anything to see here anyway. Um, uh, Scott, who's also on this podcast, I think he took his kids to see uh, Kibitsu no Yaiba um, again yesterday because it's like the only movie playing. That's a Demon Slayer? <laughs> yeah. And, okay, sorry. I, you know, Obviously, in Japan, we shout out the Japanese title there. So. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. No, I always follow the box office. Like I always, Even though it's... It, you never know what's going to pop up on there. So. Right, right. So um, I, st- I still haven't seen Tenet. I guess I need to do that. <laughs> I didn't see it either. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my pi- uh, podcasts I listened to just talked about. So I'm like, oh, I, I think I got to find tenant somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, yeah I guess for now, I'm just I'm going to go uh, rear end some cars as one does. <laughs> That's right. And then if the guy gets out and starts to give you some guff, you just check his chin. Poop, poop. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done.